It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 18th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's win over the Atlanta Hawks and the new edition. Michael Carter-Williams signing a 10-day contract with the Magic on Friday. We'll talk about how he played in Sunday's win, as well as what the Magic are expecting from the former Rookie of the Year. We begrudgingly call him that, because Victor Oladipo still should have won that, but that's neither here nor there. That's in the past. We'll talk all about what the Magic should expect from Michael Carter-Williams coming up on today's show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network to catch you up around the NBA and also around the sports world. Want to get a leg up on the Magic's next opponent, the New Orleans Pelicans, and Alfred Payton's triple-double streak? Check out Locked On Pelicans. They do a good job covering the Pelicans there. Want to get the lowdown on the Miami Heat as they continue to lead the Orlando Magic for that final playoff spot? Check out Locked On Heat. The Heat will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday after defeating the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. Or if you want the national perspective, you got Locked On NBA. 
and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too. That's all those great podcasts coming to you every day with the latest on the on the, the teams around the league. There's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA. You can find them all just by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic with a couple days off, a couple community events involved there too as well with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac winning the Rich and Helen DeVos Community Enrichment Award at the uh, Food and Wine Festival. I don't know what they're calling it. It's it, back, Bring back Black Tine Tennies. It's, it's such a great event. But that's either here nor there. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac won the Helen, uh, the Rich and Helen DeVos Community Enrichment or the Helen and Rich DeVos Community Enrichment Award. So congratulations to them and thanks for all the work that they do in the Orlando community and beyond. But the Orlando Magic got back to work Sunday taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And this is another one of those tricky games for the Magic. Another game where the Magic are playing a team that, yeah, has a worse record, but is playing very, very well. A dangerous team that, if you're not focused specifically on the defensive end, they will come up and bite you. They are that good. And and that's really Atlanta's strategy at this point. No offense to Atlanta here. But Atlanta's strategy has largely been, we're going to try and score more than you can or suck you into our style of play and hope that we can beat you because you're just going to lax up defensively trying to keep up with our scoring. It's not a bad strategy with some of the players that they have, but obviously not a winning strategy as they have a very poor record. But the Orlando Magic didn't shoot the ball well in this one. And that would seemingly be a recipe for disaster. In fact, the Magic shot only 38% in the game, a really poor field goal percentage. But none of that mattered in the end because the Magic played defense extraordinarily well. They took advantage of the Hawks' turnovers. They got to the foul line, something Atlanta is very good at sending teams to the foul line. They're, they're not a good defensive team in that sense. Not a good defensive team at all, in fact. And despite the Magic struggling offensively and, and really a game that they could have won by 20, 25 points if they had shot the ball decently at all, despite all that, Orlando controlled the entire game. From the moment Nikola Vucevic scored the first 13 points for the Orlando Magic on offense, all the way to the end when Evan Fournier hit a a tough, tough runner to ice the game. The Hawks threatened a few times. They they, they went on some three-point scoring runs, which they do. They have great three-point shooters. They cut the lead down to five with about two and a half, two minutes to play. But the Magic made the shots they needed to make. They got the stops they needed to get, and they won the game running away, 101-91. to And really, again, the game was not that close. The Magic simply couldn't hit shots all game. It's, it's really that simple. Orlando uh, moved the ball exceptionally well. They got great open looks throughout the night and couldn't hit shots. Look no further than Jonathan Isaac, who missed all, uh, all seven of his shots, I believe. All seven of his shots, including six three-pointers. That's not going to happen very often. So Orlando did have to rely on some of their better players and some of their big names. Nikola Vucevic with 27 points and 20 rebounds as he continues to just destroy the Hawks offensively. Aaron Gordon scored 22 and grabbed 8. And overall, Orlando just tried to piece together enough offense to get the win. Helped having Wessowundu get to the line for 8 free throws, 6 of 8 from the foul line. Helped having Michael Carter-Williams pushing the tempo and getting in the paint to get eight free throws himself. Orlando shooting 26 of 33 from the foul line was a sign of both their aggression, their ability to draw in the defense and kick out to open shooters, but also to draw in the defense and create contact. 
They had Atlanta on their hip the entire night, and they were able to get to the foul line and take advantage of that. So even though they shot 38.8%, which is the worst mark the Magic have shot in any win this year. Previous low was 40% against the Boston Celtics back in October. Long time ago. This was a win that the Magic frankly dominated because Atlanta did not shoot particularly well either. 41.8%, just 22.9% from beyond the arc, 8 for 35. It's a game where Atlanta turned the ball over 18 times, leading to 20 Orlando points. Orlando had 15 turnovers themselves, but Atlanta could not take as much advantage of them. And again, when things mattered at the end, Orlando made the plays they had to. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. Orlando had its moments and its struggles late in the game. Some silly turnovers, one from Nikola Vucevic, one from Aaron Gordon, but they made up for it with their defensive effort. And while there was certainly some frustration about the shots, there were a few moments where the Magic let them miss shots and them not getting the benefit of the doubt on some calls get to them. And you could see that frustration building and and, and some some of their uh, body language and some of their defensive effort they always found a way to tighten it back up, whether it was bringing in a sub to make that change, whether it was uh, just the coach, Coach Clifford, saying something on the sideline. I was very impressed that the Magic did not call timeouts to stem many tides. They figured it out themselves. And that is a positive step forward. It's a positive step forward to win a game like this where the team didn't shoot the ball well. They were missing a key ingredient to their success. They still had 21 assists on 33 field goal makes. They were moving the ball very, very well, and they missed a lot of open shots. But they still found a way not only to win, but to win with relative comfort. Again, Atlanta, they cut it to five with about two minutes to play. That was about as close as they got all game long. And the lead kind of ballooned between eight and 12 or eight and 14 all game long. Orlando just couldn't pull away and blow them out. And if you want to criticize them for that, okay, fine. The Magic... Definitely should have won this game by a lot more than 10. But the bottom line is, they got the job done. They played some fantastic defense. They moved the ball effectively, and even though the shots didn't fall, they got the job done. A lot of guys played exceptionally well, especially on the defensive end, and it was just a solid victory. One that you kind of wipe your hands of, and you move forward. The Magic get a day off Monday. They'll practice Tuesday, and then they'll play the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday with, again, a chance to continue this homestand. They're 2-0 on this five-game homestand. They haven't picked up ground on the Heat yet. As uh, They picked up a game on the Heat after the Heat lost on Saturday, to the, or lost on Friday to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Magic now will, will, you know, the Heat beating the Hornets doesn't help them there. They're, only, they're now a game back of the Heat as well, but a game ahead of the Hornets. And now the Heat play the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday night. So... Another, again, the Magic, the Heat have two games in hand. Uh, the Heat and Magic both have the same number of wins. The Heat have two fewer losses. That's why they're ahead in the standings. So the Heat have two games in hand on the Magic. So Orlando's going to need some help still. They're not in the driver's seat yet. But definitely the Magic keep on winning. The Magic keep playing this way. They're going to find themselves really right back in the playoff race. The Orlando Magic defeat the Atlanta Hawks 101-91. to
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's run through some final stats for you real fast. Like I said, Nikola Vucevic had himself a heck of a game. 27 points, 20 rebounds. He scored the first 13 points for the Orlando Magic in this game. They're up 13-6 to or 13-4 to at that point. Um, he was really, really good in the pick and roll. Uh, Atlanta just had no way to defend him throughout the night. 10 for 20 from the floor. 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, but 7 for 7 from the foul line. Uh, really good job working the post and working the offensive glass. Uh, Vucevic had four offensive rebounds. And even though Atlanta does have stretch fives and they do like to extend the floor out, Vucevic was in the paint digging out rebounds. A great effort from him. Overall, I thought his defense was pretty solid as well. Atlanta didn't really engage in a lot of pick and rolls, but I thought Orlando did a really good job as a unit just constricting the paint and, and really getting out to shooters and challenging three-point shooters really, really well. Deflections were up. I thought the Magic were extremely active with their hands. Uh, so again, a really solid defensive effort. And Vucevic just continues to pace the Magic along offensively. I think there's there's not a lot you can be upset about with Nikola Vucevic in this one. Just a consistent effort from him overall. Aaron Gordon provided the bulk of the outside uh, pressure for Orlando. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 9 for 16 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. Thought did a really good job um, getting into a shot, getting those rhythm jumpers. So not a lot of over-dribbling, just a lot of quick moves into a shot. Made some tough shots too, which is good for his confidence, of course. Um, but did a great job attacking the basket. When he did over-dribble, he did get to the basket. He didn't settle for mid-range jumpers. He ran the floor very effectively. He dug out rebounds and started transition opportunities himself. Um, I've I've been on the boat that Aaron Gordon has had a very nice season. Maybe not a very nice season, but a good season. A season where he's shown a lot of growth because other parts of his game have come along. Um, Gordon had three assists in this one too, which I don't think we would have said about him uh, even last year. Certainly, you'd like to see him have more scoring games like this where he's a little more assertive and looking for his own shot. But overall, Gordon continues to put forward some really good efforts and, again, a really, really strong play. Other than that, though, there weren't a lot of great shooting performances. To speak of, uh, DJ Augustin, worth noting, 11 points, 9 assists, 4 for 10 shooting. Did a great job getting into the lane and really, you know, being a veteran to Trey Young. Um, you know, I think he... He, he pulled some veteran tricks on Young, caught him on some fouls, was able to get around him on occasions. Um, a really nice, nice game from DJ Augustin. Um, did a good job on Trey Young, too. I, I think he maybe was overplaying the three-point shot a little bit. Um, Young missed all five of his three-pointers. So Young was able to get into the paint to score his 20 points. 20 points. But um, Orlando did a good job kind of corralling and keeping him outside, uh, inside the three-point line. The threes that he did take, I counted at least two, maybe three, that were like 30-foot pull-up heaves. And and at this point, those are the shots you want him taking because, yes, he can hit them, but at the same time, he will, um, he will, uh, you know, not... It, those those shots take the Hawks out of their rhythm. Um, they are a team that wants to get up a lot of shots, put up a lot of three-pointers, but taking those shots especially, I think, kills a lot of their offensive flow. So if he's not making them then the Hawks are going to sputter along like they did in this game. It was 
a really lethargic offensive effort from Atlanta because they were settling for those outside shots. Orlando was contesting and giving them those and not letting them get into the paint, not fouling, constricting the paint, you know, really making it hard for them to move the basketball. And Orlando took advantage of, of all the mistakes that Atlanta made throughout the night offensively, and that really supercharged their offense. And T.J. Augustin in the half court was just was just brilliant, to be frank. Uh, Evan Fournier also scores 11, 4 for 12 shooting, just, just couldn't hit shots, no one could in this game. Uh, Wessa Wundu off the bench had a fantastic night. 14 points, 7 rebounds, 4 offensive rebounds, 6 for 8 shooting from the foul line, just 3 for 7 from the floor, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. But again, a really nice offensive game, I thought, for Wessa Wundu. Um, was active on the offensive glass, was active around the basket, was great slashing and cutting to the lane, was great uh, as a three-point shooter, hit, hit, hit a couple threes, and just really put a lot of stress on Atlanta's defense. And not only that, you, just, you caught him napping a few times. Um, one play, middle of the fourth quarter, he had a put-back dunk that, that just energized the team a little bit. But more importantly, I think, defensively, he was on point in this game. Great job at getting deflections, had a couple blocks as well. Um, Iwandu was was just all over the place, and I think that's really what you want to see from Wes Iwandu overall. We'll talk about Michael Carter-Williams here in a bit, but five points, didn't make a shot, missed both of his three-pointers, but five for eight from the foul line, four rebounds, just one assist, but no turnovers for him. Um, an interesting game for Michael Carter-Williams, one that we'll examine just a bit more coming up here in just a moment. Once again, the Orlando Magic shoot 38.8% from the floor. That's their low in a win this year. 9 for 37 from beyond the arc. 26 of 33 from the foul line. They force 18 turnovers from Atlanta. Hold them to 41.8% shooting. 8 for 35 from beyond the arc. And they get the big win. Their second in a row. Defeat, and their fourth straight at home. Defeating the Atlanta Hawks 101-91. to Your final. The NCAA tournament brackets are out. That's exciting. I'm filling mine out right now. I'm, you know, thinking about who I'm going to take, who's going to go to the final, thinking about all these big things. And I, I know I got my office tournament pool to worry about, but you know, aside from betting that UCF's going to beat VCU, charge on, and aside from betting that UCF is going to beat Duke, okay, I'm not doing that one unless you give me like 25 points. But regardless of that, I know that this is the time to get that inside edge, to to be at the place where I know I'm going to get the cash. And, and that's really why my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fund. Whether you're filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, pre- predicting your first round upsets, or all of the above, my bookie is where you want to be. Asking yourself these questions, will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? My early answer is yes. Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? My early answer there is, yeah, they probably will, but they're still Virginia. And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? Now start in Jacksonville if you want to go up there and and see them firsthand and, and make sure that, that your bet goes good. But it, so if you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. I see you, multiple bracket guy. Stop it. You could, you could do a couple drafts, but you submit one. MyBookie has been in the business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking within 48 hours. That's enough time to bet on the next round. Maybe the NIT. Don't bet the NIT. Don't don't, don't even bother with that. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while your picks cash. 
Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Orlando Magic made a somewhat surprising signing Friday afternoon. Um, The Orlando Magic adding Michael Carter-Williams on a 10-day contract, a player that... You know, unfortunately, and somewhat unfairly, I guess, to him, comes with some baggage. You know, he might go down as one of the worst players ever to win Rookie of the Year, um, defeating Victor Oladipo in 2014. Back then, Carter Williams was the central pivot of the Philadelphia 76ers, and as better players and more players got added to the process, it was clear he was not going to cut it. And his career has precipitously declined since then. Eventually, the Houston Rockets traded him to the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Bulls just cut him. We all know at this point what Michael Carter-Williams' limitations are. He's not a great shooter. He is just not reliable offensively at all. Teams, and you can even see this in the Atlanta game, how far teams were hanging off of him. And so right now, the expectation for him is to come in and compete for some minutes and see if he can give the Magic a little bit of juice that they've frankly been missing. That's all completely fair to ask of him at this point. But Michael Carter-Williams seemed to give a little bit more. In fact, his last play on on Sunday, I think, really changed the game for the Magic. Really, his whole fourth quarter stint, I felt, changed the game for the Orlando Magic in this one. Because you could just feel this renewed energy about the team. In a moment where they may have struggled or or struggled to pull away or struggled to do much defensively or struggled to do much as a bench unit, Michael Carter-Williams was pushing the pace, was doing a lot of the things that the Magic need him to do, need someone to do. And finally, or at least ever since Isaiah Briscoe got hurt, finally the Magic had someone pushing the pace a little bit. Getting into guys defensively. Getting into the paint. This is ultimately what the Magic signed him for, but they also got something else. And that's a little bit of an edge. Both DJ Augustin and Michael Carter-Williams were talking trash 
with Trey Young throughout the game. And, you know, I, I don't think that's quite what the Magic want. But you could tell there was a little fire underneath it. They wanted to shut this kid up. And throughout the game, they did. Now, Trey Young got his licks in. I'm not saying Trey Young had a bad game, but throughout the game, the Magic's point guard stepped up and led the charge. And it was best exemplified on a play Michael Carter-Williams dove on the floor to get a loose ball. He was active defensively. A little rusty, got beat a few times. But active. Making things happen. And when the ball was in his hands, even though he didn't make a single shot, even though he didn't have a single assist, he was making things happen. Isaiah Briscoe's role on this Magic team was to drive into the paint, to be a little bit of a pinball, to be a little bit of a pesk defensively. And Terrence Ross would handle the scoring, or Evan Fournier could handle some of the playmaking. But the role was to get in the paint and cause the defense to react. And Jared Grant, for better and for worse, wasn't able to provide that consistently. He wasn't able to be that player. And so obviously the Magic decided they needed to move in a different direction. And on top of that, while Jaron Grant's been at least an average defender, the Magic view Michael Carter-Williams as a plus defender. The same way Isaiah Briscoe was largely a plus defender for this team. And so the Magic made this decision to move forward. The Magic made this decision to add this kind of a player, and at least one game in, it looks like it's worked out. The energy with him in the game was so different than when Jaron Grant is in. No offense to Jaron again. There's a little bit of extra juice to this team. You can just feel either that they were refreshed, that they were they were just there, there's that edge to them. And it worked. The plus-minus isn't fantastic, but you watched the game and that feeling was certainly there. Now, it's a small sample. It's easy to do that in one game. Are you going to be able to do it in a second? Are you going to be able to do it in a third? Are you going to be able to do it the rest of the season every single night? And that's a question that will be left for Wednesday. Perhaps Michael Carter-Williams still needs to knock off some rust. Certainly his shooting suggests that. Certainly his passing suggests that. Certainly some of his defense suggests that. But part of the role the Magic brought Michael Carter-Williams in to do was to be that little extra energy boost that this team needs. That's what Isaiah Briscoe did. And really, how the Magic will judge Michael Carter-Williams is not based on his offense while he can provide a little bit of spark there. He's going to have games where he doesn't score, just like Isaiah Briscoe did. But they want him to provide stellar defense. Steve Clifford said... On a scale of 1 to 10 in pick-and-roll defense, he would categorize Michael Carter-Williams as an 8.5 or a 9. Maybe that's some flattery for the news media. I wouldn't describe Carter-Williams that way, but he's certainly a good defender, a capable defender. Numbers back that up, too. From his time in Charlotte, at least. Not this year with Houston, which, again, small sample size and didn't play a lot of minutes. And so the Magic are hoping 
that he can provide that extra boost of energy right now to the second unit. They're hoping that he can do what Isaiah Briscoe did for them. And until they have to make a decision about him, it looks like Carter, Michael Carter-Williams is going to get that chance to do it. One game in, that edge was there. One game in, the team played exactly how they wanted to play with Carter-Williams in the game. So one game in, it looks like a good move. But the problem with Michael Carter-Williams has always been consistency. Teams are already going to know to lay way off him, to dare him to shoot. And he's not going to get to the line eight times every single time. It was a good, good debut for Michael Carter-Williams. But of course, we're a long way from judging whether this is the right move for the Magic and their playoff haunt. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.